Welcome to Empowered Mind Body Inspiration. The mind is the map to wholeness, wellness, health. The heart is the key to genius and inspiration. Join me and my guests as we explore how to release and rewire into who you truly are unique, whole, and empowered. Please like, share, and subscribe. Spiral up, spiral out. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Stephanie Lodge. Stephanie is a licensed minister and practitioner of metaphysics, as well as an author, transformational speaker, Magdalene mystic, and angelic science expert who specializes in soul empowerment. Welcome, Stephanie. Oh, Jane, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. So let's jump right into this juicy topic and maybe tell us more about you and how does one become an angelic expert and just, you know, how it all unraveled. Uh, well, it was quite the ride. I um, came out of corporate America. I worked in entertainment. I was born and raised in LA and Los Angeles, uh, the city of angels, ironically. And um, I came to understand angels quite by accident because I had uh, started my own company as a concierge for conscious living and a woman uh, who I was essentially interviewing and kind of seeing if she would work for my clients worked with um, quantum biofeedback and I'd gone in for a session with her and right kind of when I got on her table, she said, I know this isn't why you're here, but I have to share something with you. Um, There are three archangels standing in the room and they're telling me you're one of their girls. And I just don't know if you're open to hearing a message from them. And I didn't really know what to say because I known about angels and, you know, loosely. And, and it, it wasn't that I wasn't open to metaphysics and things of that nature, but I didn't really know what she meant by that. So I told her, of course, yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever's, you know, coming through is fine. And, and so she proceeded to tell me that I would be working with them and that I would be essentially an emissary for the angels on earth. And, um, and that it would take time for me to learn And I wasn't like ready to be that yet, but that I would, you know, over time learn how to do that. And they just wanted me to be prepared because that activation, I guess you could say was coming and they didn't want me to be, you know, surprised by it, I suppose. And they wanted me to be, you know, more prepared anyway. So I thought, okay, that's interesting. Great. You know, and I didn't really, again, know how to deal with it, I guess, you know, I kind of went home and and kind of just didn't like, now what, you know, (laughs) it was a little bit of my conscience. And, and then the best thing I can say is after that, I was stalked by angels. And what I mean by that is I was getting books um, coming off shelves at me when I would go to certain bookstores here in LA that were spiritual, let's say, or I would have certain words like the word Enoch kept coming in through different channels and, and means of like books I was reading that weren't spiritual even, and just other ways and through the computer and just all these different signs and, and just to get my attention essentially. And so I really couldn't ignore it. And I finally was just at that place of surrender said, okay, what is it that you would like me to know? What is it that you would like me to do? And from that point forward, um, it became very clear that I was to be a channeler or, or what I call now light stream and bring their consciousness through into form through the word, right? So speak it into formation and information, right? So I went, all right, 
so as I trained in that, it took about three years to fully surrender into that process and accept that that's what I was here to be or do as an instrument of, of source. And so, wow, it was Archangel Michael's archetype that first came in because that stream or the sapphire light that that represents is really the frequency um, that provides safety, security, and feelings of support. So it's the most likely starting point for people who want to become channels as a rule that that tends to be the one that comes in first to prepare the instrument, the body. Then Metatron came in. Metatron is what you would call the field itself, the source field of all creation that is formless and informed. And Metatron um, was the energy that kind of taught me the design of things and the importance of what I would be doing and why. And so it just went into lesson with me directly. And what that means is I'd wake up at three, four in the morning. I'd be woken up with random thoughts, you know, and I'd have to go write them down and, and dreams and things of that nature. And then as I worked through those two energies, my body was getting assimilated to then be prepared for what was called the violet light or Archangel Zachiel's key or frequency. And when that came in, my body would literally just heat up I'd have a lot of sweat. I'd have sciatica pain and other types of things going on because I didn't understand how to regulate at that point. I didn't really know what I was doing, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, it was pretty intense. Uh, it was I, I had a lot of pain in the body. It was re- removing a lot of my traumas from childhood. I had a lot of PTSD from childhood. So it was just working on the alchemy of my of my light body and my physical body simultaneously to prepare me then to increase the bandwidth to what we might call Christ consciousness. And that is when the Magdalene consciousness and Yeshua consciousness showed up to like assist me and teach me and mentor me. Um, And they introduced me to the 72 angelic dream keys, as they called them. Uh, They're known as the 72 names of God or the 72 angels in other vernacular. But fundamentally, these keys were what liberated every element of me to open up to channel and, and be a full light stream for source. So um, now I work with about 12 archangelic frequencies or bandwidths. I also work with the seraphim, which are kind of the dragon serpentine elements, if you will, of the network itself. Um, And they create bigger vastness, I guess you could say, like planetary systems, solar systems. Um, They're literally what the light runs on, essentially. So they're more of the networking, if you will, and sacred geometric formatting. Um, and so all of that just was over time, right? It was over many years until I became an, essentially what I do today, which is an emissary for um, that consciousness and the Christ consciousness known as Magdalene uh, in the feminine format. So I, I speak a little bit in techie ways just for a reason, um, because my design is to bridge um, the science and spirit. So I teach angelic arts and sacred sciences, and I really speak in a way to bridge between those who like to go logic, reason, science, and those who are more spiritual, right brain, creative, right, and try mm-hmm. to find that middle path where we can all meet and find harmony. So that's that answer. <laughs> it's a big answer and beautiful. So you must have chosen to come to the planet at this time. And that was a remembering really, wasn't it? Correct. All yeah. of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
You talk about star seeds. Just describe that, and maybe that's part of your story as well. Yeah. So as time went on, and I became more and more aware and self-aware of, of who and what I am truly, um, I had people coming up to me a lot saying, "You know, you're an angel, right? You know, you're an angelic star seed, right?" And they they needed me to know. My my guides needed me to know and accept that that was part of who I am um, to be that that vibration and to really own it, right? To be able to claim it, own it, and give therefore give permission for others to own it as well. And so what an angelic starseed means is that my original soul has an angelic origin. Um, it comes from a very high vibrational frequency of consciousness, and it descended through very many systems or star systems, constellation systems, to eventually be able to format um, the planet that we're currently on called Earth. And um, I was part of the original architects of the planet. So I've been incarnating in this system since before there were humans um, at a soul level. Now, Stephanie, my name, as I am now in the format of, of, you know, my personality and my ego and everything else that I am as a human, is still human, right? But the soul itself has a much bigger, grander, design, I suppose you could say the mind of my soul is very dense and has a lot of information because it's been in the playing fields of creation for a long time. But I would say that everyone on the planet today, you know, a lot of people will tell me, you know, clients and such, oh, I I think I'm a, a new soul. I'm a young soul. You know, I'm not an old soul because they just, that's, that's the energy they vibrate. And I said, well, if you're, if you're thinking young, as in like a billion years versus multiple billions, you know, fine, but you're still massively ancient in order to be on this planet. You don't come to earth unless you've had a lot of experience because the system is very dense and you are playing in the dark matter. And when you are playing in the dark matter, you need to be able to get yourself out of it, right? So you have to have a certain skill set. And the volunteers that came in during these times, especially, um, have been coming here and mastering the shadow elements Um, for eons, because we are pulling the planet itself up out of that dark energy. And the dark energy is not to be mistaken for evil, okay? Evil, a lot of people immediately think dark is evil, and that's a really important thing I need to, to clarify. That is not the case. It is just the opposite of the light. It's the contrary field. And it is what we do with those elements of shadow about ourselves that can cause people to do things that are not, you know, obviously good and in in value to humanity. Um, But it's just really important to understand the dark matter just serves to be the contrasting agent. It's kind of like saying you would you would call gravity evil. You know, it's gravity. It's just designed to keep you in a form. It's not it's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. So that's where I just like to differentiate of what I mean by that. So. Um, everybody here is fundamentally not from here. Um, they all are volunteers. They're all somehow star seeds coming from another system because the advancement of consciousness requires that. Now, does that mean everybody's aware of that? No. <laughs> does that mean everybody's design is to be in the awareness of the light and bringing up the light? No. Some of them are designed to come in and hold more density. So that's what star seeds do essentially is um, hold specific intelligence for the expansion of consciousness overall. And so we're all essentially a constellation. We're all networked with a lot of different intelligence. It's just the degree to which we're aware of that that matters. Yeah, Yeah, and that's um, one of the 
hardest things of this planet. We come in so blindfolded, but it's the yeah. challenge as well. So, yeah, you you mentioned, you know, this time, and many feel it's an important time or mm. a, a time of change. Can you just tell us more of what you know? Yeah, so right now, the biggest message that I have for humanity is to choose wisely of what they invest their consciousness into. Consciousness is the greatest currency we have. It can be siphoned, it can be um, harvested, if you will, and controlled, and it can also be hoarded, right, and held on to. And consciousness is what gives us value and form, but it also, because it informs our reality, um, it also informs how we feel about ourselves in, in a more human way, you know, the energies of our emotions, our traumas, our dra- all of that consciousness, you know, is, in, is embedded into our cellular makeup, our physical makeup, it gets kind of the issues in the tr- tissues, right, it can get trapped in the physical a little bit. Um, so we are essentially <clears throat> on a path of liberation of our own physical makeup. So from our mortal to our immortal nature, our immortal nature is the mind itself, which is not local to the body. It works through the body locally, but it isn't actually inside the body. The mind is expansive and it is outside. So your consciousness is actually external um, in the, in the bigger, grander schemer things of it. Right. But you do have a reason, logic, element within yourself, of course, through the brain, that is like a signal um, capture, right? It's like a satellite dish, like pulling that in all the time. And it transmits it through the body to decide in any moment what that body's going to feel and know and be, right? So as we are evolving, as humans are evolving, it's really important to pay attention to what we do with that consciousness. And what words are we speaking into form? Are we speaking profanity all the time that is networked in with other people who are using profanity, for instance, in a really negative way? And is that lowering our vibration? Are we speaking the things into form that we are complaining about, that we actually don't want to continue to manifest, but we keep talking about it, therefore it keeps showing up for us? Um, Then also, are we focused on all the traumas and dramas and the conditions of the world that are extremely dense right now because again we are in a certain process of clearing and cleansing and yet if we keep pointing out like oh there's some crap there's some crap there's you know as it's going down the toilet we keep calling it back up to us to have an engagement with instead of just letting it go and flush away right so this is the the ideas that the angels are bringing in is let it go you know as these things are coming up acknowledge the pain acknowledge what it is and the toxicity we've created as humans and then bless it and let it go and, and release it because humans have a propensity to go high pain. Let me sit down with you and go into therapy over you for years and years and keep it alive. And really it's just asking you to acknowledge it so it can leave. But we tend to do the opposite. We tend to invite it for dinner <laughs> and have a relationship with it and really dive into it and continue to perpetuate it by giving consciousness to it. So what I'm seeing today is, um, well, let's talk about, they're, they're telling me, let's talk about the idea of 3D to 5D. Are you familiar with this? I am, yes. Okay. 
So 3D to 5D is just for others who are listening is the idea that we're moving out of the 3D reality into a 5D or fifth dimensional or density reality that is a higher vibration. What my, my guides have shown me is to give it less even measurement of five and release it from a locational based consciousness of, oh, we're going to achieve like a fifth dimension and then we're good. Like we can relax. The idea is that it's way beyond five. We can go into 12, 15, 18, 55. I mean, there's infinite amounts of density of, of dimension. So the limitation is the five. So what they say is it's what they call it is diamond earth instead of 5D earth. They call it diamond earth because it's multifaceted, multidimensional, clear, transparent, and of value, and also very strong and also very, um, very, how do I say it? Aura, aurid and, and colorful in a sense, right? There's a certain def- differentiation in it because there's a different type of light to it. So there are mystics now and, and psychics who actually can see the diamond light coming into the planet. They'll see it as an aura borealis concept, right? But in a more pastel aura. And they'll see it come in with different, you know, lights, things like that. So it's definitely a real thing <laughs> as far as the planet is receiving these new light codes. And we might call that the diamond light streams. And so this diamond earth framework is really the new earth framework that we can choose to step into at any given moment and focus on as the new reality versus we keep feeding our consciousness into the density of the old reality that's wanting to be dismantled, right? So um, that is essentially where we're at right now is the decision-making, especially right now in the month that we're sitting in at November at the time of this recording, we are at a choice point right now of are you into the higher light vibration that's where you're focused or do you want to continue to stay in the doom and gloom and tragedy and horror and worry and fear and all the what I call the hell states right and mm-hmm. that is where we're at we, we really have to decide now of how much we're, we're plugging into and feeding into those energies that have would love nothing more than to receive our consciousness to support them because they don't have any energy on their own. Um, dark matter doesn't have energy. Dark matter is, is something we pull light in from and into, and it needs us to do that. So if we don't give consciousness to it, it'll, it'll just be nothing. It'll fall away. So that's the best I can offer right now. As far as the priority is to really have people envision, imagine, and focus on the realities of positivity and higher vibrational living for the whole entire planet that we would prefer. Yeah. Brilliant. And, you know, as a homeopath, I understand the importance of, you know, stopping the programs that capture your constant, you know, talk and mind talk that is in the negative and just letting it go so that you can become more expansive Mm -hmm. and move into this consciousness that you're talking about which I think is our purpose, you know, like, yeah. yeah, like I've always felt that's our our purpose when we reincarnate on this planet is to find our way back to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I love what you're talking about. What are any, any advice, like, because often it's hard, you know, to let go of that pain or the things that have happened to us, but yeah. it's just a matter of refocusing. 
Yeah, I mean, the instrument itself, the body instrument itself is a very important factor in this. A lot of times people go into spiritual practice and they think, okay, I'm going to go do my ayahuasca journeys, or I'm going to go do my meditation journeys, or I'm going to go do my spiritual practice, whatever that is of self-devotion. And it's all beautiful. I would say the ayahuasca isn't necessary unless people are really locked down in trauma and they really can't escape it um, because the mind is in some type of program of lockdown and they need to break through that to even acknowledge that there's something of higher consciousness because oftentimes they're they're so trapped in the depression the depression in the dark they can't even see the light at all once they can break through that though i'm 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 of the belief that it is not something to return to again and again and again and again and microdosing and all this stuff that becomes the trend because then you become almost dependent and you're creating a codependency with gaia and her medicines to get you there. And the whole point is for you to be able to build those muscles on your own. And so I would, I just like to just kind of preface it that there's no judgment about those who do medicine journeys, but I would also say proceed with caution and make sure they're done with integrity and reverence because your soul literally leaves the body and you need to make sure you have a guide who's going to manage that for you when you're in those, those states, because it's, it's pretty intense. I've never personally had to do that. Um, I went through the organic method of just working with what I do um, through the light keys that I teach, but you know, I'm just I'm just kind of putting that out there that there's different paths, right, to get back to consciousness of source, as I call it. And source, the reason I use the word source instead of God, just to be clear for some who are listening, is that source to me is the genderless all mind that is outside of the gender, right, which is outside of the duality. The minute you say God, you're putting it into a framework usually of the Father God system. That's just how it's been programmed. Um, just like the goddess would be mother, right? So I just like to differentiate. That's why I call it source. So to get us back to source, which is where we're created from, um, there's many paths, right? My path, you know, that I teach has to do with unlocking ourselves first and foremost from the current matrix that you would call the 3D reality that we've been incarnating in for so long and teaching people how to escape that matrix, essentially, um, which is a very specific way and that I teach through angelic ascension. Now there are tools, right? Spiritual tools for that. But one of the things that I originally said with the body factor is your DNA important to work on the DNA system because the DNA is getting inundated with all sorts of interference. And also to look at what I mentioned earlier, which is your issues in the tissues so what are locked, what's locked in the cellular that might not even be from this lifetime. You might've been a knight, like on a crusade and have a lot of trauma and injury. You might've been burned at the stake or, you know, like certain traumas, right. That get stuck in the system from different lifetimes. So those need to come out at the body level. A lot of times people think I'll think them out or I'll spiritually lies them out. And in my work and what I know is that's, that's never going to happen. It's it's in the body. It's locked in the body intelligence. The body itself has an intelligence. So this is where you get to somatic release work and um, anger release and things like that, because it's important for the body to have an opportunity to express itself and to say, hey, I went through this. Because even if your body in this life didn't go through abuse, didn't go through anything, you had the, you know, you had the Pollyanna experience. It might have gone through something in a different time frame, and the DNA holds that intelligence and imprints it into the cells to a degree. And therefore, you still could be holding on to certain memories that need to be processed out. 
So what I normally tell people is if you tend to be an energetically aware being, and I say energetically aware versus energetically sensitive, because sometimes people say, oh, I'm empathic and energetically sensitive and I feel everything. And that that puts their subconscious program into a state of vulnerability. So I like to just say you're energetically aware. You're aware of your surroundings. And it's the degree to your awareness that you open up to know, oh, this is my depression versus my parents' depression or my husband's depression, right? Like you can differentiate between your own experience and system and somebody else's. That's a skill in itself. Most people don't know that part, right? They don't know how to differentiate. So that's one skill. The other thing to look at is if you go to crying and grief a lot, I don't know if you've worked with clients when you're working with them or you yourself have ever like, it's really easy to get to the tears. Something brings up the tears and you tend to cry a lot, very sensitively, right? That way. Well, the grief is covering up the pain, right? And the Mm -hmm. pain is covering up the fear and the fear is coming, covering up the anger or sometimes the rage. And that is covering up your true power. So you have to really realize that there's these layers, almost like a cake, right? Where we have to work one thing through at a time. A lot of times that's the, that's the process that therapists will take people through. Let's talk about the feelings and what are you afraid of? And what, you know, all these things, right? What I have found is most of the time, if you go to the rage first, if you give yourself permission to go to the rage, because I'm very much about efficiency, Jane. I'm like, let's just get to this. If we have the power to do that and you have the courage to do that, I'm going to give you the the shortcut cliff note version of this, (laughs) which is get to the rage. When we get to the rage of what we're angry about, whether it's in this life or anything else, it doesn't really matter. We want to get the body opportunity to let it out right? Then usually that will blow out of the system, most of the pain. And then we can just deal with the residual, what's left over that's still locked in and a lot of the fear and a lot of the grief. It's almost like you have a manhole cover that just blows off the top and everything above it just gets blown off, right? Those layers. So I just give that advice to people that if you can beat some pillows, stomp your feet, run some music that gets your anger out and just get it out of your body, literally give the body the opportunity and make maybe even do some rolfing, somatic release work. These types of, you know, modalities can be very helpful to give the body the opportunity to be acknowledged and to have its feelings and energies expressed. So then you can work on the mental and emotional with a little bit less, um, less amount of time, you know, you'll move through it a lot faster. So then what happens is once you have that rage out of there, you have the ability to step into your true power. Because Mm -hmm. if you're not, if you're still running rage, you can't step into your true power. It's almost like a safety block or safety gap. It's like a stop gap that says, Oh, no, no, because you're going to plug into a different kind of power. So that's my advice for people who are really looking to see how do I feel empowered in my truth and what my true calling is as a soul. You got to work on the rage and everybody has a little bit. I don't, I mean, a lot of people will deny it up, you know, 10 ways from Sunday, so to speak, as they say, Um, everybody has a little bit because if you've been incarnating more than once, which everybody has, there's going to be lifetimes that you've had um, something you've come up against that uh, did not make you happy. You were in a state of, 
powerlessness or hopelessness, and that caused your soul to be very upset. So that's where the rage can come in. Right. And yeah, I often talk to people that are in, you know, depression and sadness to get into that anger because mm-hmm. it's much closer to neutrality and then into love energy and solving things, right? Right. So we're talking the same language, much more empowering than that very deep, dark sadness. Yeah. Just yeah, move one level up and then you're closer. That's that's really good advice. Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you talk about diamond heart magnetics. I think I'd I'd love to hear about that too. Yeah. So when I teach um, angelic ascension, which is what I what I mean by that is we we move through different degrees of consciousness, step by step by step by step. Right. It's a process. It's not instant pudding. I like to say a lot. You know, it's more like Jello. It takes time to set up, but. As we move in these degrees of consciousness and allow more light in, it's almost like you're building one filament at a time. Um, I liken it to if you're a harp, you're an instrument, right? You're a sound and light instrument. You're, you're tuning one string at a time to come into harmonic alignment. I call it harmonic alignment, light optimization, or halo for short. And this process starts with acknowledging what I call your main operating system, because I kind of speak techie, like I said, I bridge it, um, which is your diamond heart. Your diamond heart consists of the I am presence, which exists somewhat in your solar plexus is the best way to say it. And your we are connection, which is your thymus or your higher heart, which is right at your clavicle, a little bit above the heart, right? Between the heart and and the throat. And then the heart itself, which is the I know or the gnosis of that you are, meaning the I am and the we are, that you are part of the collective. So you are never alone. You are always supported. You are networked, I call it. So what that means is your heart is managing not only your current experience as you, Jane, but it is also managing the intelligence of your team, your entourage, which is maybe a master mystic healer, maybe a writer, maybe a painter, maybe, you know, I mean, maybe an angelic, maybe a a star being, you know, it it can be anything, right? That is your guidance system that is supporting you during this personal journey that you're having right now. And so the heart is really where all of that connection is happening. And the diamond heart represents the idea that it's multifaceted, multidimensional. And it's the, I know that I am, I know that we are. And when we bring that together, you create a Merkaba. People see that as the like the Star of David, but in three-dimensional form, just to give people an idea if they've never heard of that expression. And when you work that consciousness of intelligence as you visualize into your Merkaba, into that, that stargate essentially in the center of your chest at the heart level, you open up a toroidal field or like a donut-shaped field. And you also open up, it's like a sphere of light, right, that creates from that. And so there's a lot of elements in that space that you can work with as a mystic and, and, a, and a, a soul, you know, conscious being to bring light in there, to, to access different intelligence, to go into the quantum, um, work more in the quantum fields. And um, it's basically a gateway. So it's our main operating system. So this is where we truly hold the highest knowledge and intelligence, not the brain right? The brain locally is just the administrator, right? 
but really it's the heart that knows. That's the intuition. And it plugs into the solar, which is the I am, that's the power center, the solar, literally the sun in the body, right? That's the power that comes in to energize and keep us alive. That space is always connected to the heart. So it's a, it's a whole complex, I call it, the diamond heart complex. It's not just a single chakra, let's say, that people see it as. I look at it as a much broader, more expanded um, agent of how we work. And um, I call our energy centers, what people call chakras, I call arcs, because we create these currents that arc through the body. And the arcs basically serve as a governor of our energy body. And so it's a whole entire system that I teach about in my Diamond Heart Keys program. But basically, um, that's that's what the Diamond Heart's about. And you can manifest through it because it is a quantum agent. Again, like it works quantumly. So you can visualize, um, use it to visualize and create manifest. Um, there's a lot you can do with it. So it's a really powerful um, operating system, I like to say, and uh, how we work, you know, in the world as angelic star seeds and beyond. Yeah, because I think there's part of us, well, there is part of us that is much more like connected to source, but just isn't fully incarnated, like a piece of us is incarnated. So it's like our communication with that. Correct. It is where we connect with the mind, the all mind, as I mentioned earlier, that's external, right? The external. And when I say external, sometimes people think it's like up there in the cosmos, and that's not necessarily the case. That's true too, but it's it can be right like at skin depth. I mean, it could be right around you. You know, it's it's not far away from you. It's just it's just to understand that it works from the external into the internal through the soul, and the soul is is the um, the fuel of that consciousness in your body, and the spirit is the disseminator of that intelligence through the body that animates the body, and it works through the body instrument. Um, at the DNA level. And the DNA is the outpicturing and constant um, imprinter, if you will, the cellular creator, right? It keeps creating cells. Your telomeres and your cells keep creating as the DNA um, is getting information. And so that's why it's really important to keep your DNA healthy. And um, this has been the biggest assault on humanity um, in the last couple of years with COVID is that that's been the main, the main front lines, I guess you could say, on humanity has been the DNA. And that's always been the case with like just toxins and pesticides and GMOs and everything else that we come in contact with. But now it's like a little bit more, you know, in, imperative that people really pay attention to the DNA and take care of it, which I also teach them how to do and, and give them guidance on. But it's it's a lot. You know, we, we have a body, mind, spirit complex, and there's a lot of levels to how we work and maintain ourselves. So uh, there's, there's different paths and different um, processes and everybody has their expertise, you know, like yourself, you know, holistic practitioner will focus on yours also in that same frame of thinking it's a whole system, right? But maybe you focus more, I don't know how you work, if it's naturopath or, or what have you, but everybody has their expertise of where they put in their time and focus. And that's how we serve, you know, is what we choose to focus on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you talk a bit more about, you talk about oneness, and, you know, it's kind of a, a lot of people say, think of it as an abstract, oh, we're all one and all, you know, but just tell us why we, you know, the law of one and what that's all about. So there's an expression um, that Yeshua spoke one time to me, and, and it's something Paul Selig, I think, has moved into his work as well. But there's this idea of 
we are the word, right? I am the word. My word is law and the law is one, okay? And when you say you are the word, what does that mean? That means that there is a format to you that comes out of the formless. And the formless is all potential. It is all potential of anything to be created, right? And so we have instruments that are created out of that formlessness through sound and light vibration. And the sound and the light vibration comes into what we might call the word. So we are made up of these millions of words of, of source, if you will, like all the tech that's coming through and flowing through is light and sound and vibration, right? And we're walking, talking, you know, extensions of that one consciousness that's having its way with itself as expressing itself through many fractals in a holographic universe. And we are part of that fractal system. So we are one of those fractals. So we are all extensions of that one consciousness that is thinking itself into the form out of its formlessness. So that's where we, if you, if you dial it all back to source, that's where we're all one. We are one at the source field. We are one at the zero point before anything comes into the mind of God of expression or the intelligence of consciousness of expression. It is in that allness of full potentiality before it expresses um, that you might call the womb of creator, right? that is is waiting to see what it wants to be inspired by and moves into that inspiration. So we fundamentally then become a respiratory and a heart-based system, even in our bodies when we're born at the cellular level, the first from the from the, the egg and the sperm were created into the heart first. The heart starts beating the blood, the blood creates, and the next thing is the respiratory. So these are the two systems that are, are most important to our creation. So when we're when we say we're made in the image of we literally are made in the image of the idea of the sound and the light and the and the respiration or inspiration of the consciousness coming into the bloodstream, the container, the magnetic field that receives the, the grail that receives the elixir of that that life. And so the oneness really is all that's experienced here. It is experiencing itself in many, many different forms, through animals, through any sentient being, through ourselves, of course, through nature, everything. Is, is in that web of consciousness. Nothing's ever separated from it. So what I like liken it to say is I created a social network called the Angelhood. And the reason I said I called it the Angelhood is because it's both a location, like a neighborhood, right? But it's also a state of who we are. And we're beyond the brotherhoods and sisterhoods. We're the Angelhoods. We are, we are these angles of sacred geometric format of consciousness that is being created all the time. Um, and we are expressions of that creation, and that is coming out of that one mind, that one consciousness of the all. Yeah, beautifully said. And, you know, I think it's time we remembered that and regained our knowledge of just how powerful and beautiful we are. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel that, you know, it is humans, humanity's attachments to their, their gender their race, their religions, their politics, like all the labels that they place upon themselves, right? Their beliefs, right? Their narratives, their stories, their cultures, all of that actually serve to separate us from each other, to differentiate us from one to another. But when we acknowledge that fundamentally we are all love, we are all light, we are all life, right? Um, 
And if we can dial it way back to the origination of that and find that commonality, that is where we can find the peace. That is where we can find the ability to just sit together, break bread together, breathe together, love each other, and accept however that wants to express uniquely through each individual without judgment. Because when we go into judgment of another, because they're not this or they're not that or whatever, we're actually dropping into hell, what we would call hell, right? And hell just means the lower states and lower densities. Everything's about frequency, right? So, you know, if you're running a frequency at like 100 or 50, it's because you're in, you know, guilt or judgment. If you're running in shame, you're at about a 20, right? And this goes back to the Hawkins map of consciousness. So 200 is the gate out of hell and 200 is courage. We have to have a leap of faith to that first step that's courageous to say, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's really out here in this grand big universe, but I'm willing to to step in and and find out, right? It's that courageous step out of the stories we tell ourselves. Like I'm willing to try something new. It's the open-mindedness, right? And so once we do that, we can then step into even higher states, consciousness like faith, and then belief, and then knowing. And faith to me is just the starting point. Faith is just the point where we like, okay, I'm going to get my faith into something outside of me that might be in the invisible spectrum that I can't see, but I know is there, like an angel, right? Like a, a consciousness that it's outside of you. Um, the no, The belief comes in when we start to test it. We start to do that little spiritual experimentation. We all do it in different ways to get some validation and feedback, a feedback loop, a cause and effect experience to say, oh, wait a second, that worked. Oh my God, I saw that. And that confirmed that. And the synchronicities show up and the numbers that people see like 1111 and so forth show up. And that just gives us a greater belief that there's something here to this. There's something going on in the invisible, right? And then the knowing comes in when, we know our word is law. That's where the knowing comes in the conviction. The statements we make are truth for ourselves. And that's all that really matters, the truth for self, because there is really no absolute truth in all of this experience called earth. It's variables of that because it's multidimensional. So we like absolutes. Humans like to put everything in really clean, clear boxes and truth of absolute truth. The challenge is it's all going to be based on the perception of the instrument perceiving it. So it isn't really true absolute, but what is true for you is what really matters. And it's not about convincing others to have the same truth as you that's causing separation. So this goes back to like belief systems again. Um, But that knowing I mentioned is really the space we're all looking for gnosis. That's the heart space. That's the knowing the heart knows beyond a reasonable doubt that this is my path, this is my purpose, and there's nothing that's going to come in and sway you off of that when you really truly know. And and that's really the goal that a lot of people are trying to get to, right, is to feel that knowing, not the doubt, wonky, wobbly, maybe, I don't know, maybe. So I hear clients, they'll they'll say, well, I don't know, maybe. I said, okay, do you not know? Because when you say, I don't know, you're basically shutting out the heart. The heart knows. So reframing even our languaging around these things is really important. Um, But that's, yeah, that's the, that's the stream on that one. (laughs) As I, as I mentioned before we started, you know, my angels when they were speaking, they stream a lot. So I, I just love it. Yeah. And that's, 
you know, that's why it's so important to pull up that vibration out of sadness into knowing when you're connected to your heart, because then it's your, your inner knowing, your truth, you know, that you're following. And that's what we need to remember. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful time. You know, I know it doesn't feel like it when you look at the some of the external creations of humanity right now and the fears that are running in the system. But what my guides are sitting here to say and wanting everyone to know is the, the necessary catalysts for people to really turn to their faith and turn to a higher consciousness, sometimes um, those catalysts can and will be dark. You know, they will come from from pain. They will come from fear to require people because humans can be stubborn. You know, we can get very stuck in our ways and our habits and our methods and, and not prioritize um, what empowers us. You know, uh, there's been massively deep programs on this planet of slavery, basically, that's been here for so long that we just, it's, it's the norm. It's become the norm. And what's interesting is when we were all forced to stay home, right? We got to feel what it was like to have free time to do something other than work, 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 work for those who were, you know, in that system. And for me, it wasn't really a big change because I work from home anyway, and it wasn't like a big deal, you know. So for me, it wasn't a big adjustment, but for a lot of people, it's a huge adjustment, you know, they didn't know what to do with themselves. And, and it was a beautiful gift because it gave them the opportunity to look at what their true priorities are which is usually their families, right? Or there's, or, you know, whatever is important to them and what they love, what brings them joy, what is their greatest heart's calling versus what pays the bills? What do I need to do to survive? Right. And is there a way to bridge the two? Is there a way to finally write that book or finally move into those levels of, you know, what I want to create and what brings me my greatest joy and what my child, my inner child longs for, than always just doing what is the correct thing to do for society and for the norm and for, for, you know, the standard systems of what, what is expected of me. And, and that was a huge wake up call for humanity. It was a huge jumpstart to the awakening of more and more people on the planet. So that is where the gift is in all of this. And it's, it's continuously expanding because now we have different catalysts of, acknowledging that we are free will beings we are sovereign beings and no one no other authority has the authority over us so that is where we we let go of some of the codependency that is where we stop giving our power away to outside authorities and that really comes from when we are a child giving our authority to parents that take care of us because we have to right because we can't survive without them changing our diapers and feeding us you know i mean we rely on them but at some point there is a time to break away from that, right? To become our own being. And so that is what we're doing as a collective right now is we are stepping into our ownness, our beingness. We're owning our own selves and the accountability and responsibility for what we create individually. And then also aligning in communities to visualize new ways of being in the world. So it's a beautiful time. It's also a frightening time for many, but we are moving through this so rapidly that the beautiful thing is we are going to get to the other side of this um, with much more grace and ease than, than originally intended, according to what I know. So that's the beauty. Yeah. And it's reframing it, isn't it? You just, you know, seeing that 
as what is really happening is so empowering and exciting. And to see it as a catalyst Mm -hmm. towards something greater. I just love it, Stephanie. Thank you so much. How do people find you? You So, yeah, yeah, you know, all roads lead off of my angelicacademy.com. Instagram is a great way to follow me at the hug angel because I do have a flow page link there, kind of like a link tree that links to a lot of different things I'm doing. So that's an easy route to go as well. So finding me as at the hug angel, because that's part of what, um, I do is I am an ambassador for peace and hugs and love. And um, mm. so that's, that's, you know, another way to find me on social media. So yeah, that's the best place, angelicacademy.com. And that will lead them to my social network, the angelhood and my product line, celestials and other things there for them that can serve and, and elevate their consciousness. Beautiful. And I'll put those links in the show notes so people can find it easily. Love it. And just leave us with one more thought. Mm. Well, I would love to do a harmonic attunement. Would you like that? Oh, I would love that. Yes, let's do that. So a harmonic attunement is essentially um, a light stream that comes from the non-English realm. So it's the like angelic current itself. Um, So it takes on a tone that it is a language, but it's like what some people might call light language. I call it heart streaming because it just comes from my heart. And I tune into the angels and they just demonstrate the sounds through me. It sometimes sounds like ancient, you know, um, ancient language, and it's usually not going to be translatable. And the design of that is to for it to go fully into the heart without the mind, meaning the local mind, having to understand it and, and analyze it. It's really designed to just be felt and experienced, just to kind of explain it. And then I'll do a little sound with it to kind of tune everybody up and get you into the breath. I have my chime here, which is really beautiful. So let's just do this really quick. Lovely. And I'm just going to ask everyone to just take a deep breath with me. And let go of all the thought consciousness that we just explored and just come into your body. And just feel into your heart. Feel a light coming from your heart. And as this light comes into your heart, Allow it to expand all around you and through your body. I call this the halo and just seeing this beautiful sphere of light around you now, holding you, containing you, loving you. And now I'm just going to bring in the beautiful light to the angels through a beautiful stream that will continue to inform your heart for probably a few days to come. So here we go. And just relax. Mare Jurae Karana sutate Pareti shu haratani kenasi nehreti 
And just taking a breath and feeling any energy in your heart moving into any area of your body, anywhere you might feel any resistance or pain in your body, you can send this light to to release any tingles or energies, just allow them to flow through as we align you, attune you to your original angelic blueprint. We are just simply here to hold the patterns of sacred consciousness. And as you are feeling these energies, just allow them to open up all that you are as love, knowing that there is only love for you, there is only life for you, and it is the degree to which you are aware and acknowledging of this, that it can create more relationship with you and bring you peace, grace, and deep knowledge of love. We are so grateful to be of service unto you. May you be blessed in every way. Ahala. And that is the attunement for today, Jane. I hope you felt that. That was really beautiful. What an experience. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And yeah, I think you you share some of that, do you, on your website or where people can find you? Yeah, I um, have a free meditation that they can get called the Diamond Light Meditation that's free mm-hmm. for them on my website. And then I do something called um, Halo Spa, which is a monthly group session um, that I do that's for group healing with high frequency. And then um, I'm bringing forth programs and, and processes all the time. I do also have a private circle called the Halo um, that's opening up um, soon as well for the public uh, once again, because it, it kind of closes and opens right periodically. And that will be through the website so they can get my newsletter and they will get notified when that's open again. And um, yeah, so there's, all yeah. sorts of things to explore. Um, Diamond Light Mastery is a beautiful program where they get to learn about their angelic soul keys, which harmonizes them personally at the body, mind, spirit level. And then um, the other, the rest of the 72 um, angelic dream keys that assist them in harmonizing and connecting greater to their source. So that is what I teach and know for them and, and teach my philosophies on this, some of what we've shared already today. And I'm happy to support everybody in their ascension and elevation of consciousness. That's what I'm here to do. So, uh, yeah, incredible. And everyone, and everyone on to the best, the angel best. It's all horrible. <laughs> right? And you do need to do it regularly because, you know, this life pulls us down. And yeah. We need to 
yeah. you know, continually do these things. So just yeah. love it. Oh, beautiful. Thank yeah, that's, you, that's, why, that's why I do my Halo Circle Weekly so that people kind of have an accountability partner, but also a way to kind of reset. So yeah, you're right. It's absolutely a practice. And um, it's something that we, as we can integrate it into our lifestyle, it's it's very beneficial to be, be able to manage everything else. So um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. And for everyone out there, Thank you so much for joining us at Empowered. And remember to spiral into empowerment.